I'm Erica Pandy, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Thursday, October 21st, and we're focused on drug price hikes. Indocin, an anti-inflammatory rectal suppository that treats arthritis, cost $198 for a box of 30 back in 2008. And today, that same box costs more than $10,000. That's 52 times higher over the span of 10 years. How does this even happen? Well, Indocin is just one small example of price gouging within the pharmaceutical industry. In 2015, Martin Shkreli famously upped the price of Daraprim, a parasite infection treatment for those with HIV, from $13.50 to $750 per pill. And while lawmakers are eager to produce legislation to stop these price hikes, nothing has stopped these drug companies from price gouging. Will drug price reform be next on the lawmakers' agenda? In a moment, Axios reporter Bob Herman on skyrocketing drug prices and why it matters. And we're joined now by Axios' healthcare business reporter, Bob Herman. Hey, Bob. Hey, Erica. Bob, in your reporting, you track one drug, Indocin. Take me through how, in a little over 10 years, it increased in price by 52 times. So Indocin is an anti-inflammatory rectal suppository. It's been around for a long time. And in fact, it's actually off-patent, which means any drug company out there could create another version, another generic of it, and it'd be fine. But no other companies have stepped up to do that because it's a relatively minor drug. Indocin is actually very similar to a drug that brought a lot of criticism over the years from Martin Shkreli. Same exact dynamics at play here. So in 2008, these suppositories had a price tag of $198. And over time, it's now over $10,000 for the same box of suppositories. Nothing's changed about them, but the price has gone up 52 times. So is Indocin a weird case, or is this kind of dramatic price increase happening with other drugs too? It's a good question. This is mostly an outlier. Not all drugs are like this because, as I mentioned, Indocin, it's an off-patent branded drug. Normally, generics come in and bring down the price drastically. So this is an unusual instance where it's a not a highly used drug that's just kind of getting gouged by someone who has cornered the market. But, I mean, it is indicative of how, in the end, drug companies really have the power to hike prices as much as they want. There are some checks and balances, but in instances like this, there's nothing that can be done to be stopped. And overall, it signals that there's still this very broken supply chain where drugs can be priced at whatever they want. The price can be hiked with no major differences, and then they can be sold to patients for very high prices. And sometimes they don't even know that this is going on behind the scenes. And one thing you wrote about is that Indocin has changed ownership multiple times over the years. Does that have anything to do with the price increase? And is that normal for drugs? That's another unique thing about Indocin. So it's changed hands multiple times. And this often happens, it's been actually studied, where sometimes drugs are acquired and then the new owners immediately try to flip the price. This has happened for many other drugs including, as I mentioned, Martin Shkreli. He did the same exact thing with his AIDS drug that he became notorious for. It's the same instance. So over time, it's gotten bought and changed hands through multiple companies. One of the bigger instances was around 2019 when one of the companies bought Indocin and doubled the price overnight to 5100 bucks. 
we actually reported on this company before, and then this company changed its name. It's a kind of almost playing a shell game. And then eventually it sold itself, changed hands a couple more times, and price increases kept following along the way. So this is a very unique instance where a drug company comes in and buys a drug, raises the price. Another company comes in, buys the drug, raises the price again, and it just leads to ever-increasing prices for no real reason, really. When it comes to drug pricing, very complicated and hard to understand, but equally vital part of the puzzle is pharmacy benefit managers, a group that you've done extensive reporting on. Over the years, have you come up with a spiel to tell us exactly what these benefit managers are and why they play such a role? Uh, I appreciate you asking that, Erica, because it's actually very important. Pharmacy benefit managers are probably one of the least understood parts of pharmaceuticals, but they're very important. They're boring. They're behind the scenes. Nobody really understands uh, who they are, what they do, but they help dictate these very prices. And in fact, it's part of the reason why the list price of Indocin just keeps skyrocketing. PBMs negotiate with drug companies on prices in exchange for lower prices. They agree to cover these drugs. In the case of Indocin, the PBMs are saying we may or may not cover your drug in exchange for large rebates. So in all likelihood, the drug company that owns Indocin is providing big rebates to PBMs. And that's just kind of what's perpetuating some of these cycles of drug price increases is everyone benefits from higher list prices. Higher list prices benefit the drug manufacturer because they get more revenue. The PBMs also benefit because they get bigger rebates from the drug companies. It's this two-step that's always existed uh, but now it's a bigger deal because they're pointing fingers at each other, saying each side is to blame. But really, it's both sides have share a lot of blame in, in how the system exists. So these PBMs, these, these middlemen are a big part of the price increase puzzle. Are there some other major factors why these drugs are just so darn expensive? A lot does come to the prices that drug makers set. And again, Indocin, it's an outlier. Not every drug is like this. But then you look at other drugs like Keytruda. It's a very common, effective cancer drug. Just this month, the drug manufacturer, Merck, raised the price of that drug by 2%. And it doesn't sound like a lot. You know, what's a 2% raise? But 2% on Keytruda, a drug that costs almost $175,000 a year, is a big deal. And in this case, there's not a lot of rebates on Keytruda. So Merck keeps a lot of the benefits. So this just goes to the bigger fact that ultimately, these prices are set by drug companies. And, you know, they go through different analyses to understand, like, what will the market bear? And that's kind of the baseline that America has come to expect, that there will always be high drug prices because we give patents and monopolies to drug companies. And in exchange, they can kind of price whatever they want. How are federal lawmakers reacting here? Or, or is there a reaction? What's the latest on drug price reform? The biggest thing, and, and this is really dominating kind of the pharmaceutical industry right now, is federal lawmakers are proposing, the Democrats specifically are proposing, to allow Medicare to negotiate drugs. Currently, Medicare is barred from doing so. But the idea is if Medicare is able to negotiate or more accurately set prices for drugs, obviously drug prices will go down for Medicare beneficiaries. The pharmaceutical industry is obviously vehemently opposed to this because it means that they would get less revenue. It's unclear of whether that will make it into some of the final legislative packages, but it's overall a very popular idea, this idea of allowing Medicare to negotiate or set prices. Four out of five Americans broadly 
believe it's a good idea. And that kind of spans across political parties. So that's the main idea that's being floated right now, but you know, it's unclear if it will actually come about. And, and the pharmaceutical industry is very determined to make sure that doesn't happen. Is the lobbying arm of the industry pretty powerful, powerful enough to stop that in its tracks? Pharma is arguably one of the most uh, powerful lobbies in general and in healthcare specifically. They've been spending a lot of money on different politicians, including some of the, the big players that could swing the legislation like Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. It's all hands on deck when it comes to this. They want this dead and pharma rarely loses. This is their main fight right now, and they really are going after it. You mentioned Martin Shkreli a couple of times. Have things changed since his case? No. I mean, he's in jail, but the price of the drug is the same. And as Indicent shows, off-patent drugs can be priced at whatever they want. It's a very specific small market, and the drug companies hold all the power to, to do this. So, no, nothing's changed. Nothing was ever expected to change. Indicent's a small drug, but Martin Shkreli-type price increases happened before, and they will continue to happen after. It's not like Martin Shkreli is the only one who's ever done this. And it's reasonable to expect that this will continue unless there's some kind of major federal policy change. Axios' healthcare business reporter, Bob Herman. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Erica. Welcome back. Here's another trend we're watching today. Amazon is now a bigger shipper in the U.S. than FedEx. You might not think of Amazon as a logistics company, but in 2020, the tech giant had 21% of the U.S. package shipping market, ahead of FedEx, which had just 16%. That's especially remarkable given the fact that Amazon had basically 0% of the market back in 2014 and relied on UPS, FedEx, and the Postal Service to deliver its billions of packages. Since then, Amazon has built a vast network of warehouses, trucks, and planes. It's still behind UPS and the Postal Service, but it keeps gaining ground. That's all for today. I'm Erica Pandy. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.